Howdy friends and welcome back with another interview with an amazing woman. This time it's Kelly Covert and I think you're really going to love her story. She's got some amazing things that she shares about listening to our own wisdom and creating our own path. But with the idea of like what's the role of experts then? What role do experts play if we have a lot of wisdom inside of us and we can listen to our own inner voice? I think you'll pick up if you listen to this episode that the problem is that sometimes our inner voice is really an inner critic. And the role of experts to reveal what uh, Kelly shares is really to help guide us and practicing at listening to our inner voice and being able to denote what's helpful, what's harmful, what is, you know, seeking something that's missing and how to then find what's missing. And that, you know, she makes a really good point. It's not about following conventional wisdom. It's about finding this unique mix of listening to your inner wisdom listening to the outer wisdom that comes from others and, you know, practicing what is actually helpful for us and making that thing that's helpful become habitual. And uh, she's a musician. She talks about how when you practice as a musician, you're practicing, you're putting the reps in to make something where it's a habit to play it correctly and it actually becomes impossible to play it incorrectly. The same with listening to our inner voice, our inner wisdom, listening to outer wisdom, deciding what's helpful and putting that into practice. So Kelly's um, story and where she comes at it uh, at that key insight is really awesome. So I hope that you enjoy it, particularly the things she learned from her grandma. So without further ado, here's Kelly. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thanks so much, Amanda. I am super excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for our audience to hear your story. And I think I'm going to get a bunch of things out of this too. So give us first a little like sneak peek into the behind the scenes of who you are and what you do, what I wouldn't have just shared in your bio. Mm, behind the scenes. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I think before we started, I said to you, I'm an open book and I feel that's true. Although, um, when I'm in podcasting mode, inner voice coach mode, very few people know that I'm also a professional musician. And so that always feels like a little bit of a behind the scenes. And I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because so often, in social media and online and in business, we sort of present ourselves as one way. And when people always tell me, wow, I didn't know you're a professional musician, I feel like saying, what? Like, I feel like I'm really, I feel like that's something I talk about a lot, but it's just so funny to me that, you know, you see what you wanna see. And in my work um, as an inner voice coach, where I really help women to listen to their own wisdom And that's one of the things that I love about your podcast, talking about grandmother's wisdom, right? Like when we listen to our own wisdom, we create our own path and we become our own person. And I think that's not always easy to do nowadays. And I love um, being the person to inspire and encourage 
women to do that because when we're all you know standing in our own wisdom and listening to our own heart and listening to our own advice instead of seeking it out from other people all of the time that's when i think that we are most in our power and when we are powerful we change the world and that's what i want you know like we look around today we're recording the news has been really heavy and we need more people knowing that they have power to change you know to change the world around them because that that to me is very exciting so i don't know if that's behind the scenes but you know i'm many things and I'm one thing, Kelly, and I love listening to my inner voice. Nice. Love it. Uh, what uh, musical instrument do you play or sing? Or I play flute and piccolo. Nice. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. I imagine that, that might stem from uh, some in your childhood learning that. Take us back a little bit to like young Kelly and where this kind of not just passion for music, but passion for inner voice. Did that start then or is it something you found later? It did not start then. It, I, I'm 47. I'm really open about how, how old I am these days because I feel like all of my years are earned and I don't want to give any of them back. Yes. But um, for me, listening to my inner voice did not start until after I became a mother. That was really the time in my life where I was most challenged up until that point everything that I did as a perfectionist, as an overachiever worked for me until all of a sudden it didn't work anymore. <laughs> so no, it, it was something I came to late in life. And I think that we're all on that path of, you know, uncovering and rediscovering who we were when we were little. And when I was thinking about coming on here i i want to tell you we're on video right now so you can see but i'll describe what i'm showing you i have on my desk a picture of little me nice. with my grandmother Aww. and um she passed when i was young when i was 12 so i didn't get to know her as a grown-up but she was a huge influence in my life and she was the person who gave me my very first piano i started playing piano before i started playing the flute she still is my mentor, you know, in life, in business. Um, she taught me what it means to be a strong woman and a powerful woman in a time. I mean, like this picture, gosh, I think maybe in this picture, I'm three or four. This is the 1970s. That was not a time when most women were stepping into their power. And she was um, the top Tupperware distributor in the state of Arkansas with her husband, but she really ran the show. And, you know, I think back to times in my life, when, especially when I was a kid, that really influenced me. And the, and the times that I spent with my grandma were those times, like where even before I realized who she was, she was like influencing me in this way to like be my own person and she was also helping me be my own person giving me a piano giving me the things that i needed to support me so um so yeah i credit her with a lot of who i am today i love that that is so beautiful it seems like what you are helping women do like this is the first time i'm hearing this story i don't know this to be true for sure but it, 
it seems like your grandmother had a really good tune into her inner voice and she worked from that power and that's 100%. what gave you power and it 100 yeah i love it okay so i was just so excited about that i forgot what i was gonna ask next because <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah let's talk more about this like so i'm i'm a recovering perfectionist as well. I like to say, you know, if there was a perfectionist anonymous, I would be there and same. Would, yeah. Um, that inner voice component of a perfectionist often, you know, plays the, I could do better. If only I had more time, right? Like, uh, that kind of script, um, how, like, tell me a little bit in your own story. And then also like when you're working with other people, how do you see that play out? And how does like motherhood or other life changes really like help us tune into that and then transform it into something productive? You know, I think this is a really great question because when people hear me talk about, in, you know, the inner voice, that's that what you're talking about, that what I call the inner mean girl voice, but it's the voice in our head. It's the inner critic that always tells us you could do more, you could be better, you didn't do enough, you are not enough, you are not good enough, right? All of these messages and they, you know, man, she can really beat us up, <laughs> that inner mean girl, and she's really good at it. And we are trained really to listen to that voice because so many of the external voices are saying the same thing. You know, we get so many messages about, particularly as women, but this is not just limited to women, right? About what our bodies should look like, about what our bank accounts should look like, about what motherhood should look like, about what our careers should look like. And the challenge too is we're getting all these messages and they don't align with each other. And oftentimes they don't align with what our true inner voice is saying. So there's a distinction between that inner critic voice and your true inner voice. And the challenge is the true inner voice is a still quiet place that you have to really break through all of the other noise to get there. And it takes practice. It's not something that I think we know how to do as we come into adulthood. Maybe we know how to do that when we're two or three or four, but it's sort of trained out of us from through school, through you know parenting, through friends, all of the things, right? And so when we start to come back to that inner voice, and oftentimes it takes a crisis to get there, um, we have to practice and we have to relearn how to connect and we have to learn our own style of connecting to that inner voice too. So for me, like I mentioned before, motherhood was the very first time in my life where listening to the inner critic didn't work. Right. And by what I mean, didn't work, it didn't work according to what the outside I would think works. So like, you know, when I'm in college and I work really hard and I get good grades and then I have a good, good job and I do all of the right things, right? That seems as though it's working. Although I think deep down inside, there's this sense of 
dissatisfaction, like something's missing, like you need something more. And I think so many people have that, what is missing? They can't quite put their finger on it. And they seek it in external ways, through achieving, through um, working themselves to the bone, through you know getting more degrees and more certificates or whatever, running marathons. I did that too, right? All of the things when really what we seek is inside of us. And so for me, when I became a mother, my first child was very hard, very challenging. Um, it turns out he was on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. And, you know, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that until he was five, but I tried to do all of my old ways of doing things right. Read, if I just read all of the books, if I just follow all of the rules, if I just do everything exactly right, then I'll figure out how to be a good mom. And Amanda, none of it was working. And I was frustrated and I was heartbroken. Like, like I can't even figure out how to do how to be a mom. Like I'm a failure, right? This is something you're just supposed to be able to do. And then I realized that parenting for me was not about following the conventional wisdom. It was about following my own wisdom. And that means being brave enough to do things in a way that looks different, that maybe feels uncomfortable and maybe feels uncomfortable for other people. Like, you know, the time when my son wanted to wear a bucket on his head for two weeks, everywhere we went, that makes people uncomfortable. Like not everyone thinks that that is cute. They're like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, why not? But when is that is that was my first taste of listening to my inner voice in in regards to parenting. And then what happens is once you get a taste of that, once you start practicing it, it starts to bleed into other areas. And you're like, oh, wow, I that inner voice, that wisdom that I have is there for me in every area of my life. And that doesn't mean it's always easy to hear it but it's there and it's worth listening to. And it really does help you find what you're seeking more than any external achievement or, you know, accomplishment will. Yes. I love this so much because as you're sharing, I'm seeing so many stories with money too, whether someone's a parent or not, they decide I'm going to follow all the rules. I'm going to, you know, read the books, do what they say. And eventually they get disappointed, right? Something mm -hmm. doesn't work like, like they thought it would or whatever. And th then they turn to, well, how about, let me just throw all of that out and do my own research, figure, you know, decide my own path. And that's really what we try to encourage people to do from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, but that's also easier said than done, right? So 100%. Like, yeah. So I well, I let me just say talk, let me just say a little piece about that because okay. you know, the question becomes then what is the role of experts? When we're listening to our inner voice, right? Yes. What is the role of experts? And I think that that's really valid here when we're talking about money, when we're talking about parenting, when we're talking about our bodies, right? All of these things. And I think still even when you're seeking support, whether it be in help with your money and help with your parenting, I mean, full transparency we have a we have a therapist that we go to yeah. that helps us that helps us navigate the areas of parenting and family life that are challenging for us but 
I think I came to that point through listening to my inner voice say to me, you need help. We don't have to do it all on our own. And like, you know, as a recovering perfectionist, that's part of being a perfectionist. I don't need help. I can figure it out. I can do it on my own. My husband and I just met with a financial planner for the first time. We were in our late 40s. Maybe we should have done it sooner. And I, it feels so good to be getting someone's expert help. And, and any advice that we receive from her will be through the, you know, the perspective of our own inner voice. Exactly. Yeah. So it, they go hand in hand. Yeah. I was going to say the best experts are the ones that help you tap into that intuition that um, what are your real goals and dreams? And then they're just there to help facilitate. Okay, you shared that. I think this could be the product or the strategy that could could fit with what I hear you saying. And that's all they're there for is just to facilitate that connection. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I recognize too, that when I talk about listening to your inner voice, that for a lot of people who are very practical, And like, I will put my husband in this category. Like, it feels like magic. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Listening to your inner voice. Like, that's not for me. Like, I like things black and white, you know, very clear. And I think when it comes to money, people are often that way. And rightfully so, because it's an important part of our, of like living the life that we want to live. And I think that you can call it a lot of things, but we all know what a gut reaction feels like we all know what that feels like and i think that is another way that we can describe your inner voice like what is your body saying to you how does your body feel in a particular situation when making a certain decision and so that becomes again another way to practice listening to your inner voice yeah i want to make sure we get some time to talk about what are some of the practical practices that help in this area um Mm -hmm. and like what are what are some of the things people could do if they're like okay i'm ready to pay attention Mm -hmm. but how okay i love this question first of all it's really personal so i'll give a whole bunch and i would encourage anyone to listening anyone that's listening to like try some on for a week right try just like if you were buying a really expensive dress or something you would try it on and see how it feels first right So for me personally, one of my favorite ways to connect with my inner voice is through journaling. Um, I find that to be very powerful for me. And I've been journaling journaling a long time. And I recognize sometimes it takes a while to get past the performative aspect of journaling, where you're like trying to make it like like it's going to be a book that you're going to sell one day. And it doesn't really have to be like that. And, And that does make it if you're new to journaling a little bit more challenging but for me that's my favorite but it can also be just the first step could be just an awareness that you can ask your inner voice that question and you can see how your body responds so if you have a decision you know let's say it's a financial decision of like if you're gonna you know invest your money in a particular thing or not you can ask yourself that that question in after you have like sort of calmed down and maybe done some breathing, like take a few deep breaths and just ask yourself that question. 
and really pay attention to how your body responds to that. Does your body clench up? Does it become stressed out and nervous or does it relax? Does it ease into that decision? And again, that's like going into a dressing room and trying on clothes that you might buy. It's, it's about trying on that decision and seeing how it feels. And the more you do that, the more you start to be able to distinguish what your body, your inner voice is telling you. And it really becomes about asking the right questions, asking powerful questions to yourself. And that can be out loud. It can be in a journal. It may be when you're walking. I, for some reason, I get a lot of connection with my inner voice when I'm driving. Because I'm doing this other thing, my sort of like active brain is involved in driving the car and making sure I'm not dying when I, you know, and so that allows the other part of my brain that's not needed for that to flow. And so I'm able to really, that's when I get a lot of ideas. That's when I work through a lot of anxiety that I might be having. So I think that there are a lot of ways, but the first step is to having an awareness and start asking the questions and just seeing what happens and being aware. And you can, you know, make notes of that or, you know, try to find a time every day to do it once a day. You know, I think that that is a really, really great starting place, but all preceded by finding a bit of quiet and stillness will really help with that connection. Yeah, love that. So, so powerful. Um, and I, I love that you kind of give permission to try things out, see what works. Um, I want to just as like a little anecdote for me, one, one of the things I found when I'm like, so in the perfectionist mode, working away. Um, but I know like there, there's some issue here that I, I can't figure out just working harder. I, even if I don't feel, feel like I need to, I get up and go to the bathroom and even that little bit of quiet and change of atmosphere, that's when I have a breakthrough moment. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing it totally differently than I would have. Mm -hmm. um, so like it can, it doesn't have to be like something major, right? It could just be like that kind of intentional, I'm going to step right. away, go to a, a different space, fulfill my bodily functions and, <laughs> and see what happens. That's right. You know, or standing up and stretching or doing child's pose for two minutes or, you know, you know, just going to a different room sometimes makes a difference. But I think if it's done with the intention of that connection, that's what's important. You know, I think sometimes we, and I do this still, like I wanna be transparent that like, I am not perfect at this, but I'll say I'm gonna take a break. And the first thing I do is pick up my phone and check Instagram. Right. And then 20 minutes later, my my break in quotes is over and I haven't really had a break. I haven't let my mind relax. I haven't intentionally connected with my inner voice and I feel it. I don't feel more rested. I feel more restless. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's another way that we can listen to our bodies and we can listen to our inner voice by by what we're feeling and start asking questions and being curious about that, too. These are some really awesome things. I can feel people being like, okay, this sounds really good, but I know I need an expert to help me tap into my inner voice. Tell us a little bit about the work you do, how you help people to, to you know, take those first steps toward actually setting aside time and energy toward like hearing maybe their own inner voice for the first time. Mm -hmm. First time in a long time. 
first time in a long time. That's right. It's always been there. You know, what I love doing is listening. I'm a listener, not just to my own inner voice, but to other people. And when I sit with someone in a coaching session, I'm really able to listen to everything they're saying, not just the words. And, you know, it is such a great pleasure to me to sit down with someone who has decided now is the time that I'm going to start listening. Now is the time when I'm going to start paying attention. And so the coaching that I do is really about guiding people in that listening process as we talk, as we work through all of the things that are going up, going on, and then creating a space where people have accountability to follow through with the practice. So, you know, going back to the fact that I'm a professional musician, you don't get to be a professional musician without practicing. And practicing has been such a big part of my life, like my whole life. I mean, I've been playing flute since I was 10, been playing piano since I was eight. I've practiced a lot, you know? And this idea of practice um, really resonates with me. And we don't get, better at things without putting the time in and oftentimes it's hard especially at that beginning point to hold yourself accountable for that so when you hire me as your coach what you're really doing is you're saying to yourself i am committed to listening to my voice and now i have someone who's going to help me and hold my hand and remind me, hey, this is what you said you're going to do. And it's, you know, it's magic really when it all comes together because there, you know, it's my own intuition plus your intuition plus that space of accountability plus that encouragement piece. And it really um, is a door to a whole new way of being where we start to listen to ourselves and we stop beating ourselves up and we stop trying to fit into the perfect mold of what success looks and feels like and we make it our own yeah i love that thank you so much for painting that picture um and i that i could totally see how you come alongside someone and help them you know uh, guide them on that journey and the, the idea of like practice there's still that part of me that hears practice makes perfect and i have to keep like replacing that with practice makes progress or mm -hmm. practice makes permanent and you have to practice something. I'm, I'm also a musician, but not professional. Like I started, you know, playing piano, like when I was six and then learned percussion and the saxophone, I have a minor in music from college, but more in the like history and composition. Cause I'm not a performer. It's, <laughs> it's really a little bit of that, like anxiety. And I would just, um, I would screw up if I'm performing by myself and get mad and um, but with, with a group, I love performing. It, it's fun. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, the with that practice, it's like if your goal is to make it perfect, like then the, the even the practice of a musician, it just gets frustrating, right? Because it's not meant That's to right. be perfect. It's meant to like have those reps in so that it becomes natural, right? And then you can start improving or adding your own spin to it or something like that because you've, you've, it's become, it's gotten into your body, right? Your fingers know what to do or what have you. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. It's the repetition. Yeah. And when we're listening to our inner voice, the more times we have practiced that, 
in a time of peace and quiet, the easier it is to access that in a stressful time, in an, in an anxious time. So, you know, back to the idea of being a, a performing musician, right? You practice, practice, practice in your practice room, and that's like low stress. And then when you get into high stress times into a performance, and that's true, even when you're in a group, there's pressure, you know, you want to, you don't want to make mistakes, right? Um, but you're ready, you're able to rely on what you've taught your body to do. And, you know, in so many ways, everything we do is a physical practice, we live in a physical body. And we have feelings, we feel feelings, like we feel them, that's sensory, right? And I think that the same is true about practicing, like we get it, we get it into our bodies, and it becomes something that is habitual. And you know, that's one of the things I love talking about is how do we create habits in our life that help us do and feel what we most want? what we most desire, right? And I think that's true with money, like creating habits around money and finances that are a way of practicing what we say we most want. And that becomes, I think of them as, I call them kinder habits. These are not punishing habits, right? Like thinking of saving, right? It's not a punishment that I can't go buy a Starbucks because I wanna save that money. It's actually a way that I'm treating myself with kindness. And it's a way of saying, this is what I want. And by the way, nothing wrong with buying Starbucks if that's what you say you want, because I want that a lot of days and that's what I do, right? It's, right. But it's personal. It's about what, what we individually desire and how we can create habits to support that. Yeah. And if the habits stem from the inner voice and the practicing that you're doing and tapping into it, they feel like kind habits. That's right. They are, they are kind habits. They are kind habits. That's right. Love it. Okay. Big mic drop right there. Lots of awesome things. Thanks so much for sharing. I know people are going to want to listen to your podcast, find out more about you. Please share. Where can folks find you? Well, you, you can listen to my podcast on um, anywhere that you listen to this podcast in her voice is the name of it. And I interview women um, of all different walks of life about how they listen to their inner voice, about tools and strategies that they use to really live the life that they most desire. And I also have solo episodes where I talk about what's on my mind, what's on my heart, the things I'm practicing, the things I'm working on, the, the things I'm learning. Um, and so that's all uh, on wherever you listen to podcasts. And then you can find more about coaching and anything else that I do at kellycover.com. And uh, I'd love to connect with you on social over at Instagram. And I'm Kelly J. Covert on Instagram. Beautiful. We'll put all those links in the show notes as well. So you don't have to remember them or go like re uh, rewind a bunch of times. You can just check out the show notes and click there. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Kelly, for sharing your wisdom with uh, everyone today. And anything else you want to share or parting words as we wrap up here? Well, and I should have said when I was spouting off all of my um, podcast slash website on my website, I actually have um, a worksheet called Kinder Habits Worksheet that helps you do some journaling. There's some journaling prompts that helps you dig into what your inner voice is asking of you and how you can create some kinder habits to support 
what you desire. And so that's for free on my website. And, you know, more than anything, what I am passionate about helping people understand is no matter what your inner critic is saying to you now, you are worthy. You don't have to achieve a certain thing. Things don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to check off all of the boxes. You are worthy now. And connecting with your inner voice is the best way to really embody that message and remember it. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. Thanks so much.